It's time to get your news on. We are VK1 WIA. And from the WIA, it's the national news for week commencing May 28, 2023. This week, WIA Director and Vice President Lee Moyle and news attributed to Dale Hughes, VK1DSH, were his attendance at an IARU Region 2 working group on behalf of the WIA. I'm Editor Graham, VK4BB. This is WIA Vice President Lee Moyle, VK3GK. On Thursday the 25th of May, WIA received a very important amateur class licensing update from ACMA. ACMA would like to inform you that the Australian Maritime College, AMC, has decided not to extend its deed for the provision of amateur licensee services beyond February 2024. In light of the AMC's decision and the planned move to class licensing of amateur services, ACMA have taken the opportunity to review how amateur radio qualifications and call signs can be best supported under a class licence framework. For some time, the AMC managed several functions on behalf of the ACMA, including conducting amateur radio operator exams, issuing qualifications and recommending call signs for successful candidates to the ACMA. However, after examining how to provide the best continuity of service for amateurs, ACMA are proposing an alternative way to deliver these services with new and more efficient and effective arrangements. ACMA will no longer use a deed arrangement to provide amateur radio qualifications and call sign recommendations. Instead, ACMA have decided to update the amateur radio qualification and call sign framework alongside the class licence implementation and manage some of these services themselves. ACMA will introduce new accreditation procedures and propose to use the network of voluntary assessors currently used by the AMC as accredited assessors under a scheme to be managed by the ACMA. Assessors will be able to conduct theoretical and practical examinations for amateur radio. Qualified and experienced amateur operators will be able to seek ACMA accreditation to conduct amateur radio examinations. As part of this accreditation work, ACMA are preparing operational guidelines for accredited assessors, developing examination material, compiling a list of allocated and available call signs to go on the ACMA website. The ACMA will still be responsible for approving the amateur radio syllabi. There will be better alignment of qualification levels as the new framework will keep the foundation, standard and advanced qualification levels for amateur radio examinations. This aligns with the qualification levels in the proposed class licensing arrangements. ACMA will issue qualifications and call signs under the new arrangement. Qualifications will be issued by ACMA staff after an application from a person who has passed an examination. ACMA will continue to be the call sign administrator and issue call signs to amateurs with recognised qualifications. These arrangements are consistent with our amateur spectrum management obligations under the International Telecommunication Union's Radio Regulations and the Radio Communications Act 1992. Next step will be the introduction of the new accreditation scheme at the same time as the class licensing arrangements with consultation expected in August 2023. 
ACMA welcomes your feedback through the public consultation process and they will keep you updated on progress. To prepare for the move to class licensing, ACMA have changed the renewal periods for non-assigned amateur licences to 12 months only. This will help amateur licensees make a smooth transition to class licensing. ACMA are grateful for your engagement and assistance in this transition and look forward to a smoother and more efficient framework. And in other news, after the successful WIA AGM two weeks ago, the first meeting of the WIA Board of Directors was held earlier this week on Wednesday the 24th of May. First matter attended to was the appointment of the office bearers. President is Scott Williams, VK3KJ. Vice President is Lee Moyle, VK3GK. And Secretary is Peter Clee, VK8ZZ. President Scott congratulated the directors on their appointments and welcomed all the WIA board, including new WIA director, Giles Kirby, VK5GK, to the team. In the following weeks, the board will convene and discuss the WIA's goals and strategies for the oncoming year. If you have any suggestions or ideas you believe the WIA could pursue, then please email nationaloffice at wia.org.au. Earlier this week, I returned after 12 days in the USA, where I spent four days attending the Dayton Hamvention held in Xenia, Ohio. This is more than just a ham fest, as it attracts around 30 to 35,000 attendees over the weekend. It is also a meeting place for like-minded contesters, DXers, de-expeditioners. Hamvention hosts Contest University, or CTU, and many educational forums. Also, many representative delegates from the National Amateur Radio Societies attend every year, and this year was no different. I spent time meeting with ARRL President Rick Roderick, K5UR, and ARRL CEO David Minster, NA2AA. RAC President Phil McBride, VA3QR, and RAC Vice President Alan Boyd, VE3AJB. As well as IARU Region 3 Secretary Yuki Uchiyama, JH1NBN. Along with the delegates representing RSGB, DARC and JARL. Topics discussed included strategies for growing the membership base and member retention, engaging with youth and using social media to promote amateur radio activities. Examinations were a hot topic and it was excellent to hear from both ARRL and RSGB how during COVID-19 the amateur Operator numbers increased significantly within both the USA and the UK. We discussed exam strategies and how the RSGB had requested to Ofcom to suspend the practical exam component for ease of of administering exams during COVID-19. From this overwhelming success, Ofcom have now completely removed the practical exam component altogether. Reciprocal licensing was discussed and how it is important to keep the question pools HAREC and CPT compliant for simplicity of international operating agreements between participating countries. A failure of compliance could lead to international travelling hams unable to get operating permits in other countries. Don't forget the WIA still has special event call signs available for use over the next several months. VK90AR is for celebrating 90 years of the Wiles Institute of Australia's official journal, Amateur Radio Magazine. VK100ZL is to celebrate the centenary of the first trans-Tasman radio contact between Australia and New Zealand, conducted on April 26, 1923. 
VI 2023 HRH celebrates the coronation of His Royal Highness King Charles III and the event ceases on May the 31st, 2023. To book an operational time slot, please use the WIA website online booking portal, nominating your WIA-affiliated club to register. See www.wia.org.au forward slash members forward slash online logbook forward slash about. There will be a QRZ page and QSL information published shortly. That's all for this week. For now, 7-3 is from Lee, VK3GK. From here, there and everywhere, you've tuned to the Wireless Institute of Australia's National News Service. We are VK1WIA. Now, international news with VK2LAW Jason. Hello. In news from Region 1, last year the RSGB was approached by the BBC to find experts to contribute to its planned series, The Secret Genius of Modern Life. For Episode 1, which takes a look at the bank card, Neil Smith, Gulf 4 Delta Bravo November, recreated the Great Seal Bug, a wooden seal gifted to the US Embassy in Moscow in 1945, which contained a covert listening device. The technology developed for the bug was an early example of RFID, which is what allows contactless card payments to work. Neil has now released a series of fascinating videos on his YouTube channel, which explain the history of the bug, as well as the mechanical design and machining needed to recreate it. You can find the videos in Neil's YouTube playlist on machining and microwaves. Belgium to get 40 megahertz. The UBA proposes to grant the radio amateur service access to the frequency range 40.660 to 40.690 MHz under the following conditions. On a secondary basis, for holders of a Class A operating certificate HARAC licence, a power limit of 5 watts ERP, a bandwidth limit of 3 kHz, on individual basis after prior approval from BIPT, and it's mandatory to keep a logbook in which all transmissions are noted. This is an important development as Belgium now joins Ireland, Echo India, Slovenia, Sierra 5, and South Africa, Zulu Sierra, with official amateur radio allocations on the 40 MHz band. In news from Region 2, Dale Hughes has been attending the recent meeting of the ITUR Working Party 5A which was held in Merida, Mexico, between May 9 and 18. His reason for being there was to chair the meetings of Working Group 5A1, which covers amateur and amateur satellite services. The main work during this meeting was to make progress on WRC 23 Agenda Item 9.1b, which is a review of the 1240 to 1300MHz frequency band following a small number of interference cases from amateur transmitters to Galileo radio navigation receivers in Europe. The scope of the agenda is to study possible technical and operational measures to ensure the protection of space-to-earth receivers from the amateur and amateur satellite services in the frequency band 1240 to 1300 MHz, without considering the removal of these amateur and amateur satellite service allocations. Dale was the sole member of the Australian delegation attending the WP5A meeting, along with about 90 other people there in person 
and a similar number attending via the Zoom platform, but face-to-face contact with opponents outside the usual Geneva environment has been beneficial because all in attendance have been forced to live together for a period of time. And this has meant some more personal relationships have developed along with a better understanding of the other point of view, except for the Russian Federation. All of Dale Hughes's expenses have been covered by the IARU International Secretariat. Michael Coulter, Dayton Convention's spokesman, has news of this year's Amateur of the Year. This year's Amateur of the Year is Karsten Dauer, a German who took to the airwaves to help the people of Ukraine. Karsten is an amazing individual and a very unassuming guy, Coulter said. He's taken truckloads and he collects these radios, fills big vans and then somehow gets them near the border of Ukraine. Some places had no electricity, some places had no internet, some places had no telephone, so the only way to communicate is by radios, Dower said. He and his family hosted refugees, but he wants to be clear. He still talks with some Russians on the radio too. You learn at the beginning when you do a ham radio licence, it's non-politic, non-religion, all that stuff, and you don't talk about it, he said. I still have Russian friends, I still talk with Russian amateur operators, and I have no problem with the people. Dower is visiting Hamvention for the second time. He travelled there this year to accept the award and to share what he's learned since his recent mission. You can survive on two hours of sleep a night, Dower said. You find out you have many friends, and this is the best hobby in the world. We are VK1WIA. Now, operational news with VK4FUQ. Felix. Hello there. The CQWWCWWPX contest is the big event and is being held over 48 hours this weekend. The aim of this WPX contest is for amateurs worldwide to contact as many other amateurs and prefixes as possible during the contest period. June 24-25, Winter, VHF, UHF Field Day. 0100 hours UTC, Saturday 24 to 0059 hours UTC, Sunday 25. But in VK6, had 3 hours on the start and end times. June weekend, prior to the second Monday of June, VK Shires. Also make a mental note that the 2023 QRP Day happens June 17. IARU HF World Championship Contest takes place the second full weekend of July, beginning 1200 hours UTC Saturday and ending 1200 hours UTC Sunday, July 8-9. All licensed amateurs worldwide are eligible to participate in this contest, as the objective is to contact as many other amateurs as possible, especially IAA member society HQ stations around the world, using the 160 80, 40, 20, 15 and 10 metre bands. July 15, Trans-Tasman Low Band Contest. Held on the third weekend in July, aims to encourage low band activity between VK and ZL. 160, 80 and 40 metres are allowed, with SSB, CW and Digital, Ritty or PSK. August 12 and 13, Remembrance Day Contest. This contest commemorates the amateurs who died during World War II and is designed to encourage friendly participation and help improve the operating skills of participants. 
August 26-27, Alara Contest. All licensed operators throughout the world are invited to participate. Scout and Girl Guide groups are encouraged to participate using their club's equipment and call sign. Wilds work everyone. OMs work wilds only. DX Window QIZ.com QIZ.com is a website that lists almost all amateur radio call signs in the world and was founded 30 years ago by its president, Fred Lloyd, AA7BQ. It's a great tool for finding QSL routes, special event stations and the like. It is a small business run by hams. QIZ.com have been running an online logbook for the past eight years and have announced a special award to celebrate their 30th anniversary and is one of many available to their logbook users. All the details are on QRZ.com. Listen for Vincent, HB9VCJ, using the call sign 8Q7BJ from the Maldives. IOTA number AS013. From May 20th to June the 4th, his QRP operation will be SSB in various digital modes on 40 to 6 metres and FM on 10 metres. QSL instructions are on qrz.com. Ivan YT4RA-IB3CTS and his brother Goran YT7AW-SA7DXR will be operating from Malta, IOTA number EU023 from the 24th to the 29th of May with their biggest activity to be during the CQ WPXCW contest. They plan to use the call sign 9H6WPX, QSL for LATW. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Eddingham. Across Australia, from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In Melbourne, it can be heard on VK3RML, 146.7 MHz, at 10.30am and 8pm. I'm Peter, VK3YE. G'day all, Bob VK2ADF here on behalf of the Wagamata Radio Club. We're pleased to announce the commissioning of our new repeater, soon to be linked to our repeater network. The new repeater is located at Conoperia Hill, which is west of a township called Rankin Springs. This repeater will provide coverage north to Lake Ajelago, south to Narendra, east to West Wyalong and west to Hay. Future plans include a repeater that will be located at Cookadinya, just north of Holbrook, and will hopefully provide coverage from Wagga in the north to Aubrey in the south, west to Urana and may stretch as far as the ACT in the east. Both of these repeaters will be linked to our network and provide coverage over a good part of southern New South Wales, arguably the largest repeater link network in New South Wales and perhaps Australia. If you're travelling through the Riverina, put a call out on one of our many repeaters. Remember, all our repeaters require 91.5 Hz tone. And for information, correction for more information, point your browser to all the w's.warc.org.au. This has been Bob, VK2ADF, on behalf of the Wagga Amateur Radio Club. This is VK1WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print. 
when you read the web editions. www.wia.org.au From here, there and everywhere, you've tuned to the Wireless Institute of Australia's National News Service. We are VK1WIA. Now, special interest group news with VK3GTV. Cole. Hello, first up it's Worldwide Special Interest Group News, Summits on the Air, Worldwide Flora and Fauna Program, Parks on the Air and other adventure groups. Wagga Amateur Radio Club are planning a silo assault in early September. The idea is club members over the weekend activate as many silos, Siota, as they can on Saturday, camp overnight and talk all things radio and then activate more silos on their way home. Further to Cairns, and we hear from Bob, VK4BOB, with adventure news from far north Queensland. Hi, this is Bob, VK4BOB, with news from far north Queensland. The Cairns Amateur Radio Club and the Tablelands Radio and Electronics Club are getting together on Saturday, June 10, for field day operations, activating a couple of VKFF parks locations up here in the tropical tablelands. One site will be at Lake Eacham and the other at the Gillies Lookout. June up here is usually a beautiful month of moderate temperatures and sunny dry weather, so we're really looking forward to that for the day. Each site will have members from both clubs sharing their expertise and equipment, offering the experience to members who haven't worked portable yet. We will be on the various HF bands, depending, of course, on conditions. Equipment will be IC7300s at both locations, probably with RM Italy linears as well. Various antennas will be experimented with as part of the fun. We also expect the two locations to be within VHF and UHF range of each other, so that will add to the exercise as part of the plan is to practice disaster communications readiness. We will be using the club call signs of VK4 Charlie November Sierra and VK4 Whiskey Alpha Tango, plus the personal call signs of each of the operators. Keep an ear out for us on Saturday, June 10. Swing your beams northwards and keep an eye on the VKFF Facebook page for the latest info. Thanks, Bob. Up next, it's Worldwide Special Interest Group CW. VK6PZT plays Morse hard. Yep, Richard, VK6PZT will be appearing on Hard Quiz next Wednesday, the 31st of May at 8pm on ABC TV. His topic is Morse code. And he thought a few WIA National News listeners could have a laugh when he has a crack at the big brass mug. Some background as why Richard would stand a good chance. As part of his journey learning CW, he's been learning heaps about the code, Samuel Morse, and the development of the telegraph, and essentially all things Morse code related. So, tune in next Wednesday to Hard Quiz. New Zealand Straight Keynote, Winter Edition, will be held on Sunday the 11th of June from 8pm to 9pm New Zealand time on 80 metres. SKN honours the original amateur radio mode in an easy-going style. Operators send signal reports, name, location, type of key, type of transmitter and power output. 
Stations are limited to 100 watts output power. SKN is not a contest, but the operator who gets the most votes for the quality of their sending will win the Bruce Scale Best Fist Award. The certificate honours Bruce, ZL1BWG, a dedicated supporter of SKN who died last December. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. The second ever private astronaut mission to the International Space Station crew includes three licensed amateurs. John Shovner, KO4MJC, Ali Akani, 7Z1AJ, and Rihanna Banawi, 7Z1RB. The mission will spend eight days docked to the ISS. During their stay, the amateurs on the AX2 crew will attempt several ARIS contacts and may possibly offer opportunities for general amateur QSOs with the ISS. AX2 is also groundbreaking. Two of the mission's crew members, Banawi and Elkani, will become the first Saudi Arabians to visit the ISS. Banawi will be the first Saudi woman ever to reach space. The other crew member is former NASA astronaut Peggy Whitson, who now works for Axiom and will command the mission. Whitson has racked up 665 days off Earth, more than any other American and any other woman. NASA currently requires that all private astronaut flights to the ISS be led by a former agency astronaut. China's secretive space plane may have performed multiple recaptures of an object it released into orbit during its recently completed second flight as part of on-orbit testing. Private firm Leo Labs, which provides space situational awareness data through its global network of radars for tracking objects in low Earth orbit, said its analysis found evidence of what appeared to be at least two and possibly three captured docking operations with a co-orbiting object. The exploration of the Moon is experiencing a renaissance with numerous missions planned to visit the lunar surface in the coming years. While there are various motivations for these missions, such as geopolitical interests and the search for lunar resources, the field of astronomy is expected to greatly benefit from this renewed focus on the Moon. One significant advantage is the lunar far side, which provides a radio-quiet environment, shielded from human-generated radio signals and solar interference. This makes it an ideal location for radio astronomy. The moon's stability and the presence of shadowed craters at its poles offer opportunities for optical, infrared and gravitational wave astronomy, as well as the potential detection of radio waves from exoplanet magnetospheres. However, there's a need to balance lunar exploration activities with protecting the unique scientific value of certain lunar locations. The far side of the moon, shielded from Earth's radio signals and the sun during the lunar night, provides an unparalleled radio-quiet environment. This makes it an ideal platform for conducting low-frequency radio astronomy. The far side of the moon also holds potential for detecting radio waves and signals from intelligent extraterrestrial civilizations. The long wavelength of these radio waves require a radio-quiet environment, making the far side an ideal location for such observations. Furthermore, exploring unexplored regions of the radio spectrum may lead to unexpected discoveries of new phenomena. However, it will be crucial to ensure that human activities on the far side do not create unwanted radio interference that could hinder these observations and scientific endeavours. 
And that's the latest Worldwide Special Interest Group news. I'll have more next week. Till then, stay safe and warm. I'm Cole, VK3GTV. Across Australia, from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. On the beautiful Sunshine Coast of Queensland, it can be heard on 146.825 and 146.850 MHz FM local repeater output frequencies on Sundays at 9am local time. I'm Marty, VK4 Kilo Charlie, the Mad Dog. 2023 social scene and... Clubs, you're welcome to submit text with audio for this section and details of all WIA-affiliated clubs and societies can be found on the WIA website, including email addresses and website links. Now, I might suggest that you go and check your club's page because Richard, VK2SKY, only this week dropped me a note to see if the Cairns Amateur Radio Club in Far North Queensland was still operating because their page had not been updated for many a moon. So, from there, we move on to VK2 and Oxley Region's 47th annual field day at Warhope, June 10 and 11. VK5, the Serg Convention Fox Hunting Championships, also June 10 and 11. VK4 at Sunfest, September 9 at the Mountain Creek State School's massive air-conditioned auditorium, just off the Sunshine Motorway. And Mountain Creek is tucked into the west of Mooloolaba. Alara Meet 2023 happens November 4 and 5 in Hobart. The Rosebud Radio Fest at Eastbourne Primary School, Sunday, November 12. And in VK5, Amateur Radio Experimenters Group Radio and Electronic Sale happens November 26. So now, until next we meet, I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. This broadcast is in text, audio and video and is accessed on wia.org.au.